Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority, episode 170. As always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, it's always the right time to end your hard-earned day of pounding that pavement with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, and we do ask that you please drink our premium beer responsibly. Let's bring in our guest. It's the uh, Director of Player Development and the Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Sean Horkoff of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, before we welcome Sean in here, I want to uh, let everyone know we had limited space in Traverse City when we did this interview, and we found ourselves in a locker room, uh, and there's a little bit of an echo effect. But Sean was so fantastic and so insightful as long as you can bear with us, I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, remember the audio, a little bit echoey, but here is Sean Horkoff on episode 170 of the Red and White Authority. Sean, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, I would guess just your impressions, we're up here in Traverse City, of uh, first the Prospects Tournament and then training camp in general. Well, it's always an exciting time of year for us. Obviously, when we get up here, we you know missed it last year given the circumstances. But it's good to be back. Um, you know, you get some you know you get some news on some of the younger players that are uh, you know junior aged, and also some of the young players that we've signed that are coming over to play. So you know you get to see them against other teams' top uh, prospects, and and they play against their peers. And at the, the tournament's always fun. The prospects team, uh, Red Wings won it two years ago. Uh, this time, people were like um, mortified that Mo Sider wasn't part of this prospects team. But I would imagine, with his body of work, I look at it. Why risk injury? I mean, was that was there that the thought that why Mo didn't play? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Steve had talked to the coaches and and then you know kind of discussed it with it with everyone you know in management. And I think the thought was with Mo, you know, he's been here a few few times. Obviously, he played a full year in the American Hockey League. Did extremely well, went over last year in Sweden, and I think it's well documented how well he did there as you know, well. So, so you know, we just felt that the, you know, a lot of times there, there's a lot of we have a lot of draft picks, we've accumulated a lot of picks. So there's other people that we wanted to see, and you know, I think it, the point was, you know, let's just wait till till main camp to, to, to get some games in for both. When uh, when you look at it, has there been any surprises or standouts thus far who who have caught your eye? Um, I thought Krill, you know, his Chuchayev, I thought he did very well. I think, you know, maybe just because he's a name that maybe fans wouldn't know as much, obviously being drafted and then come, you know, playing in Belarus last year and, and then coming over this year. Um, but you can see the skill and talent he has. Obviously, Raymond, when he got in, um, you know, he's really improved his, or worked on his shot this year, and I think that was, you know, that was evident. Um, but I thought overall, I thought we, you know, I thought the guys did well. We had a really young team this year. And played against some older teams, and this is a—it's uh, not easy. You know, these guys are 18, 19 years old, and you know some of the teams we played against are 23, 24, 25 year old guys, and that makes it a, a, you know, a big difference when you're uh, when you're when you're that age. With Red Wings tried to do the best and get guys to play in Europe. I know Milano went over there. Obviously, Mo went over to uh, uh, to Sweden. Uh, but could you tell that some guys were rusty, that some guys didn't play? I, I know you just drafted him, but a guy like uh, Windsor Spitfire, uh, Pasquale Zito, or were you surprised at how hockey-shaped they really were in? 
Well, I think when, you know, when we talked to those kids, and I think what you saw was them get better as the tournament wore on. You know, and you're, you're right, you know, most of the, the CHL kids, the majority of them, especially the OHL guys that didn't play a single game last year, um, that's their first game in, in, in a year and a half, right? So, uh, Pasquale, he, he brought it up in his exit interview that it was the first game, you know, it was a little bit different about <laughs> having played it, something like that before. And then these games are for real up here, you know, it's, it's, uh, these, these games aren't like, you know, shinny summer in squad games. They're for real and they're physical and they're fast. Um, so it does take a little while. I think you saw with the junior players, especially they didn't play much hockey last year. Uh, they got better as the, as the week went on. As a player, Sean, you were on the forefront of, um, you know, I call it isometrics. I'm really, but you know, of, of new training methods and how, uh, uh, you know, you saw the future. You saw the future of, of where training was going. Uh, I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Do you see the Red Wings adopting a very, um, how shall I say, innovative way of training their players? Absolutely. You know, I think when I first started here, um, you know, I think the Red Wings were a, a team that didn't have to rely on prospects as much. You know, they already had the the benefit of being in the playoffs every year and having a, a veteran superstars that just kind of guarantee wins. And really the philosophy was, you know, we draft players and we'll put them in the minors and, and when they're, we'll just let them ripen there until they're, until they're ready to come up and make an immediate impact at the NHL. And what a luxury that is to have, you know, and um, that's just not the case anymore. You know? So when I came in, it was really kind of on the forefront that we're in a rebuild, we are just starting it. Um, yeah. And you have to, you, you, we had to get our players into the NHL sooner and not just, you know, you can play in the NHL. We have lots of guys that can play, but we want guys to be impactful. You right. know? And, 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 and the National Hockey League isn't an area to uh, to build your game. You need to be ready when you step in. So yes, we have completely changed our staff. Um, it, it's grown, you know, it was just me when I started. Uh, you know, we have two skating coaches now. We have a skill guy. Uh, obviously, Nick Rommel in Europe and Dan Cleary in, in North America. Um, and then, obviously, with the hiring of Mike Barros as our director of sports science, we use him a lot. And, you know, and we're, yeah, so we look down, we, we go down every avenue um, and we will seek out any possible means to make our, our players better. Were you surprised that Nick Cromwell has taken to this job so much? I mean, you know, usually a lot of players. Oh yeah, I'm going to stay in the game, and then after a couple of years, you know, whatever it is, it's like, God, I've been doing this my whole life. Maybe it's time to change. But Cromwell really has seemed to embrace it. Yeah, I think you know, obviously, Nick, when he retired, you know, Steve was just like, hey, you know, I think his role was assistant to the general manager, and and I, you know, I think Nick wanted to be involved. How he wasn't sure yet. And it's funny because as a player, you don't really know how things work. On you, you think you have an idea, but take it from me, you actually have no idea, <laughs> and you don't really know what the roles are and what it entails. And and I think with Nick, you know, right away he, you know, he wanted to get down to Grand Rapids and work with the young guys and watch the young D and his side was down there and, um, you know, in, 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 in numerous different players and. And he just took a liking to it right away. And obviously with him moving back to Europe, we have such a strong European influence in our draft in the previous years that it's just really nice to have someone that first speaks the language but is on the ground there. And what a benefit it was for us last year um, because of COVID and not being able to travel. Dan and I weren't able to get over there. Um, so to have Nick there and oversee that, uh, and just the person that he is. I mean, the experience that he brings, the type of player that he was, and for the people that know Kroner, 
Um, I mean, he just he is just a huge benefit for the organization to have him on the Felton side. Sean, forgive me for asking, but were you ever Cronwald during your playing day? Did he ever get you? No, I never Cronwald, but I, but there's a couple of my teammates that were and still make those highlights. He, uh, yeah, he was. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because I used to skate here in the summer, so maybe he was just kind of nice to me and didn't hunt me out to the neutral zone around entries. But, you know, I was smart enough to know that, uh, you know, I, when he was on the ice, so to speak, my head was up. Uh, you know, I uh, am curious. I know once the Red Wings draft a prospect, I know that you initially talk to them and get to know them and maybe even, you know, to say what you would like them to work on or give them maybe even a workout program or not. But when they go to their either collegiate team or junior team or European league team, do you have much contact or do you work with those individual coaching staffs and say, we would like you to hone in or is that too much interference on their team? You've got to say, here, that's your club. You coach them the way you want, or do you have a little bit of a hands-on approach? Um, definitely hands-on approach. We, we, we get in contact with whoever they work with, whether it's their co coaches, obviously, but if they have school coaches, some of these guys have video people they work with, um, some have skating coaches. Um, you know, we kind of at that point kind of take over. Our, our biggest philosophy is they need the same message, you know, like, so yeah, you know, we're not going to go in there and tell the coach how to play or not at all you know i think we're more on the developmental side like what are the skills that you need to to have and, and improve in order to to become an nhl prospect and be a successful player in the nhl and then we work with the coaches to make sure that the same message is being delivered um and frankly you know for us that's the most important thing that, uh, that, that you could possibly do when uh, have you ever gotten resistance a little bit at times, but not not, not much. So, I mean, it's their team, so right. I'm sure we'd get more resistance if, if we came in guns a-blazing and weren't respectful of that. Right. Um, we're definitely respectful of that. And like I said, I'm not there to, uh, and Dan's not there, Corner's not there to, to tell you about what system you should be playing or the philosophy. Um, we're there to, to build the individual skills of that player, you know, and then once we get them in the organization, then then yeah, you know, like we can we can work on a, on a certain system or, or, or that. But for us, we want to develop the player and, and, and their abilities to make to, to get the most of their own their own individual skills. Get when you look at Grand Rapids, and I guess to a lesser degree Toledo, um, do you have a real hands-on approach, or is there a Red Wing way to play that that Grand Rapids knows? And Ben Simon and his staff are more involved in player development than maybe you would realize thinking that he, well, he's just the coach of the, of the grip. No, we're not so involved. Um, you know, like we're in constant contact with, with, with all the coaches down there, frankly. And, um, you know, now you know, Danny Cleary gets down there a lot, um, on the ice a lot. Uh, the new school coach in Dwayne uh, Blaze will be down there uh, a lot this year as well. And um, so, yeah, you know, we work very closely with Simon and his staff down there. It's important. Depending on how it all shakes out here in the next couple of weeks before the regular season starts, I'm looking forward to going to Grand Rapids because I would assume that this team is going to be pretty loaded and a lot of fun to watch. Do you get caught up in that or are you just strictly, yeah, it might be fun to watch, but my job is to make sure that they become Detroit Red Wings someday? Well, no, it's, I mean, they're fun to watch if they're playing well, right? Like, so, yeah, yeah, I want them to be fun to watch because that means something's going right. Um, you know, winning is part of development. It's not. It's not everything. You know, I think it's 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 a fine balance for that down there because obviously, 
you know, veterans are there for a reason, you know, to help our young guys and, and, and help them get better. And um, we want to win, but at the same time, there's, there's always going to be bumps in the road, you know, it, it, with young players. It's, it's a very difficult league. Um, and, it, and you have to show some patience sometimes because they are going to make mistakes. And really, the AHL is the league to make mistakes in because the NHL is not. You won't be there for long if you continue to make them. So it's a little bit of a balancing act that way. But the one nice thing with Steve and, and now Baker being in charge there uh, with development and, and Simon Bennett, like everyone's on the same page, right? Like per individual player to know, like, okay, here's how we want this person to play. Here's what this person has to work on. And so there's no, you know, it, it, Players getting the same message, and um, you know, and everybody's on the same page, pulling on the same rope. You know, we know that life for all of us has not been the same the last 18 or so months. How did it impact your job, or were you able, through video and communication, and having Nicholas Cromwell in Sweden, do you think that you were able to do 90% of your job, even though you were, you know, you were stuck here in Michigan, or? or the United States, or how did that play out for you? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I was able to travel, like, once once things got going and, and, and you know, watch the American Hockey League and the NHL and whatever else, uh, you know, wherever prospects were playing at the time. Um, obviously, Canada, we weren't able to get to Canada, didn't get to Europe. Um, but having, like I said, having Nick Cromwell over there, uh, we did do a lot of video. I think the biggest, uh, you know, the, the nice thing for us is we didn't have a strong CHL presence. You know, there's only, I think, four or, four or five players that we had in, in the CHL. Um, and a few of those guys were, were playing in, or got some games in the USHL. So, you know, it, it would have been a whole lot different if, if say, we had 80% of our, 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 you know, our prospects playing in that, uh, in, in the CHL. It would have been very difficult. So it wasn't too bad for us. And yes, of course, we relied more on video like every other team did. Um, I think the hardest part was getting creative in terms of workouts and figuring out what what each individual player had available to them. You know, because like, every we get players all over the world and, and wherever they were, depending upon and even within within their certain countries, because different provinces or states have different rules. And you know, what gyms were they working out at? Uh, what did they have access to ice? Um, it was difficult. That, that was the most you know, hardest thing to overcome. It just took a little bit more work, but, but we, we were on top of it, and I think we did it you know, as best job as we could. Are you nearing normal now? Are you going to be able to travel? I know that the Canadian-American border is uh, you know, always in flux, shall we say. It, it seems every day it might change, it may not. And, uh, but aside from that, how, where do you stand now as being able, being able to do your job in still a COVID world? Yeah, we're able to travel. I'm actually going to Europe next week uh, to, to start over there. Um, you know, going to Canada is not a problem as long as you're vaccinated. You know, I'm, I'm a Canadian citizen, which makes it easier. Um, so, yes, as of now, you know, things are fluid and they're, and they're changing. But as of now, today, <laughs> uh, on Monday, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're all you know, signs ahead. But we'll, uh, we'll see. I'm hoping that that's the case the rest of the year. Because hockey sure needs it. You know, how much, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get like I, all Oprah on you or, or anything, but how much of an impact or a reality check was it for you being a very successful professional athlete and, you know, stepping right into a role with the Red Wings where you had flourished and then having to maybe take a step back and, and think about a much larger picture? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, your family comes into it. Obviously, you know, for me, um, it's kind of all my family knows. Is one thing management is kind of from 
the way my job works is pretty similar to a player. You know, you are on the road quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the hockey players are out there, so to speak. So pretty much half of the month you're on the road. Um, you know, during the season, and I think when you know, so so in terms of the overall job, it wasn't all that different from my from my family. But once COVID hit, you know, it was it was good and bad. It was sure nice to uh, to spend you know every day with them. You know what I mean? But at the same time, that you know, because it went so long, you're like, geez, these kids gotta these kids gotta get back to school. And they, they need to right. be around peers, and um, you know, you do, you, you do realize how much you, you miss the norm. You know, I, I, again, this is the final question, and we'll get into some prospects here, but did you realize maybe when you were home so much and, and interacting with your children, how much maybe you missed on the road of, you know, them growing up? And I, you know, I'm not trying to bum you out, but no, you know what I mean. Well, I, well I, everyone always asks me that, right? Like, geez, you were yeah, but I say, you know, unfortunately, you either have two and a half months off, off, off right. in the summer, or some teams have four and a bit, you know? <laughs> and more than that, you know, for me, there was, there was quite a few summers of four and a bit in, in, in Edmonton. So, as, as hard as it was during the year, you know, I got four full months off in the summer, spent every day with them. And, you know, what is the, I think the, the, you know, the average person gets, what, two, three, four weeks of holidays throughout the entire year. That's true. Um, so, you know, it's not that bad. And it's, it's fine. That's just life. You, 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 you adapt to it. I think more, one thing that that teaches you is, is when you do, when you are together, you get the most out of it. You know, like you really, there's no, you want to get, you know, you want to see your kids once you can. You want to pick them up from school. You want to drop them off, um, take them to their sports. Um, so you re really, you, you try to make the most out of it and, and really makes the time when you are together even, even better. Have you always lived in Michigan since Michigan State? Has this always no. kind of been your home? Or? No, I, I, uh, I, I trained on California with <clears throat> my wife um, for about 10 years. Then we had kids and it became difficult to uh, to move our family out there in, in the off season. And, uh, we had lots of friends back here in Michigan, um, so that's when we decided to move back and, and build a house. And I think we've been here since, geez, I want to say maybe 10, 2010. So we've been here for, for, for a while in the summer. And that's kind of how I got into the job was skating and training with the Red Wings and, and you know knowing Kenny a little bit and uh, golfing with him a few times, but really becoming good friends with Drapes. And he's kind of the one I got to give credit to for you know helping me get into this role. You know, I can remember the first time I ever talked to you was on a podcast up here after development camp. I think the last time development camp was here in Traverse City. And, I, you know, and I didn't mean to, you know, take you back. I said, I, I swear to God, Sean, I thought you were still playing. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean you're, you're in terrific shape. I mean, is, is that because you always took care of yourself? Well, at that point, I had played, you know, I didn't get the job here really till the end of, I think it was the end of August, maybe even early September. Right. Um, you know, not really knowing. So I did keep myself in shape. I had some options to sign in different places, kind of like a, a, as an older, in a very limited role to help with the young guys. And that wasn't really all that appealing. You know, I just played one year in Anaheim before that and two years in Dallas. And, my, and I moved my, my family a lot. And it was important to, to get some stability for them. And um, so I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I trained through this summer at that point to, to just in case I was going to play. So I was a... I definitely am not in the same shape that I, <laughs> that I was back then. I can remember, someone said, yeah, you know, Horkoff works for the Red Wings, and I'm like, what, are you kidding me? Isn't he playing? I mean, I swear, I thought you were still playing, but uh, but anyway, hey, it's uh, the NHL's loss is the Detroit Red Wings game, the way I look at it, so, yeah. you know. Uh, well, this is, we're now moving to our favorite part of the podcast, Sean, where I try to 
throw at you as many prospects as possible in our yep. remaining time, and you give us a little synopsis of each and every one, but uh, I want to start off with Jonathan Bergeron, who was healthy for the first time last year, seventh, I believe, in the SHL in scoring, came here, got a little dinged up, but... You know, he actually looks like he might fit into uh, future plans. Well, he's a talented player. You know, he's a, he's a player that skates well. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a passer at heart. You know, that's what he likes to do. He's got good vision. Um, that is something that we're, we're working closely with him on is trying to get him to, you know, in, in, into the inside a little bit more and use his shot and try to become a little more of a scoring threat. But um, he proved himself well last year, it was, it was, it, which was nice for him because he's been injured so much, you know, the, the previous two years. And it was nice for him to get the results. You know, I think when we first drafted him, I said it numerous times, he needed to get in the gym. He still does, but he's in a much better position now. And I don't think it's any secret that, you know, the success that he had last year was from that extra time put into the gym. Yep. When a player has, unfortunately, a history of injury or the injury bug seems to follow him around, is part of your job kind of calming him down and letting him not get depressed and say, look, it's hockey, it happens, just rehab and you'll be fine. And do you find yourself being that way? Yeah, absolutely. I think mental, you know, we deal with the mental side of being a prospect and going through the ups and downs just as much as anything physical. And, um, you know, I think that's the one nice thing with, you know, Croner and Bear and myself. There's almost 3,000 NHL games. Right. They both won cups. Uh, we all, all three of us come from different, we got to the NHL in different ways different backgrounds and um, so there's a lot of experience within our within our group to be able to kind of help people through whatever we're dealing with. Uh, let's move on to Cross Hannes. He, uh, he, uh, he, he was up here, seems like, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, you, know, he, you know, he's a Texan, I guess, so, you know, he has a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah, Cross, another, you know, he's not, he kind of plays like Bertie, like he, he, he's, he has good vision, he's got good sense. He passes the puck very well. He's another one we want to, we want to make, maybe we'll make him become an even more of a scoring threat. Um, he has a good shot. He, you know, he's a guy that needs to get in the gym as well. You know, I think he weighs 170 pounds, just over that. Um, but like any other young guy, that you know, he just needs to start really hitting the gym now and, and allow himself to get or getting himself physically stronger, which will allow him to do what he wants to do uh, out there against men, which is uh, difficult for him at this point. But I like we like what we see done. Do you find that these guys are more than willing to listen to you, or do you do they push back on you a little? Um, no, I mean I think you know that's one thing that we miss with like the, the first thing that we do as staff is, is establish a relationship with these guys is get out there and, and get to you know get to know them and take them out for dinner and get to know their family and you know because I, I I'm not sure how you can ask a player well, what we're, what we ask these players to do is hard it's physically grinding we're, we ask we're going to get them to levels and, and have them put a, more energy than they ever have before. And we can't be with them 24-7, so how can we expect these players to do anything when no one's looking if they don't trust us, right? Mm -hmm, so, you know, that's really the first foremost thing we try to do. That's what was difficult about. There was no development camp. You know, we weren't able to go watch these games. I mean, Croner was, and, and we were with the North American guys, but normally we'll cross over, you know, Croner's here now, and, you know, Danny will go over for once before Christmas, once after. I'm there pretty much monthly. Um, establishing relationships and get these guys to, to buy in and trust us. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to getting back to normal in that regard. Um, guy that I, that I really like, uh, Chase Pearson, really a leader. Freshman year at Maine, he's an alternate captain, and then his uh, sophomore, junior, he's captain, then he turns pro with the Red Wings. Uh, 
Chase had a kind of a coming out party last year in the AHL. He, he uh, in the half amount of games, he uh, equaled his highest point total. Yeah, Chase is, you know, he's just a kid that does everything right. You know, and he, um, he really has a great work ethic, um, a great personality. You know, I think he's starting to come out, come to his own now. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a defensive forward, but that, that does have the ability to, uh, to, put, to provide some offense. You know, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's good with the puck below the top of the circles. He's hard to move when he gets to the front of the net. Uh, he can kill penalties. He can play against other teams' top lines. And he can, he can you know, in, in the American Hockey League last year, he spent some time on the power play as well. So uh, his game's turning around in the form. Um, Giovanni Smith, out of options. Um, you know, Steve has, has been on record saying that unless he's really, really bad, he's going to make the team. Uh, do you think that he's ready to make the team? Have you seen enough from him? Well, you know, time will tell with Giovanni. Uh, you know, he came to camp in great shape again. Uh, he, I think he's looked good up until this point, but really we haven't played any games yet, right? So I think right. as we get into exhibition season, time will tell. But, you know, Giovanni has the ability to, to bring something to the team that we don't have a lot of, which is a big, tough physical presence. You know, a guy that's hard to play against. Uh, those guys are hard to find in the National Hockey League nowadays. And, you know, he's skating well, and he's, he's really worked on that his last few years. And when, when, he's, when, he, when he is skating well and being physical and playing on that edge, not taking penalties, he's, he's a very effective player at the NHL level, and we're hoping that he takes another step in that direction this year. You know, I, I, I like him because he's one of our player bloggers, and, you know, I've got to know him over the years. I do see a skill set, though, or a nice pair of yeah. hands, and he just isn't, uh, you know, for lack of, you know, he's just not a physical presence out there. He can actually play the game. Uh, for sure. You know, he's got the ability to, to make a play, uh, he shoots it well. Um, he, he certainly is a guy that, you know, but I don't think people and fans in general understand just how much talent you have to have even to play fourth line in the National Hockey League. Like, it's well, difficult, you know, yeah. to get to 10, 15 points playing against, you know, other teams' top lines with 7 to, to 12 minutes a night is, is a very difficult thing to do and, and you know, Giovanni has upside to be able to produce some points at the NHL level. He's, you know, he just has to uh, continue to grow and continue to improve himself. Uh, Joe Volano, uh, big year for Joe, you know, I know, uh, and you know, what I want to ask you, I know that his brother is in some sort of special, I, you know, not like uh, workout guy, but I, I don't know what it was called, it's, he went to school for it and has designed some workout programs for Joe, which seem to be working out. Here was somebody during the pandemic in Volano who decided to work on his body and strength and then a little bit later, he went to, uh, was a Malmo, I guess, in, in Sweden. Uh, and I know you've got a tight relationship with Joe. He's another one of our player bloggers. I have a pretty good relationship with him. Where is Joe at right now? Because he has transformed his body, and Steve keeps mentioning it. Every time he brings him up, he keeps talking about, geez, he looks so different. Yeah, well, Joe, he's done, he's put the work in. You know, it's, uh, through his agency, he's got a couple new trainers back in Montreal, and, you know, the guys that I know well. And uh, they've done a really good job with Joe. You know, I think he he physically needed to get stronger. Um, he's put he's done that. I think he weighed in about two hundred eight this year, two ten something mm -hmm. like that, close to that. And you can see it. And I think he's only more six seven body percent body fat. He's just he's just ripped. So he's put the work in. You know, and I think he's hungry to make the NHL. You know, and I think Joe last year took a little more time to head over to Europe, but he did eventually. And he's a better player because of it. You know, he played a little bit of wing over there, so he's become more well-rounded. And he worked on his defensive game. He's a lot more 
responsible in our own end now. So he's not just a one-dimensional player. I think he's a guy that can play both sides of the puck. How big is this preseason or exhibition season for Joe? Is do you? I mean, well, should, no should, bigger, should he put too too much pressure on no, himself? No bigger than anyone else. But okay, no, all right. There's a young guy coming into the league. There's pressure on all of them to go perform. We're, they're all playing for jobs, and that's one thing that we say when they're drafted. You know, guys, the best part about this is there's no more, um, you know, there's no more politics. If you're a first rounder or if you're a seventh rounder, the best players are going to play. It's just, just plain and simple. Um, so frankly, it's the same for all of them coming to camp. Um, Kirill Tutayev, I remember when the Red Wings drafted him, seventh rounder. I don't know. I, I keep saying he played like 39 games in whatever league he was in. He had 114 points, and I remember, I think it was Hakan Anderson said, hey, look, <laughs> seventh round, why, well, why not? You know, I mean, he, had, he puts up numbers, but he puts up numbers everywhere. He seems to be not that small to me. He seems to be thick and sturdy. Is, is that a fair assessment? I mean, he kind of surprised me more from a physical stature because he's always had the offensive skill. Yeah, no, he has. You know, he, he, he had a really good summer, and he put the work in it. To work on his skating, and and he did, and I think he's skating better now. Um, he's quicker out there. Uh, he is built pretty good for his size. He's not tiny by no means. I think he's just under five eleven, so he's not a, like overly he's not five eight or five nine. Um, he's not huge, but he's not not small by any means. Um, but he's competitive. That's what I like about him. He's got skill. Uh, you know, I think you saw it in the rookie tournament. Uh, There's a couple of February physical games that we played in. And he didn't back down, he didn't shy away from contact, went to the hard areas, took some punches in the face, and got up and kept going. Um, but, you know, that's really what you have to do. want to be a small player in the National Hockey League, on top of being super talented and having the ability to skate and have good sense, you have to be competitive. You have to be able to win, go into a corner and, 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 and win a puck battle against a 6-2-3-4-5 defenseman. And, you know, one thing that we like about him is he seems to be competitive, you know, and we'll see just how much when the game starts. Uh, I know he's from the same hometown as Pavel Datsuk. I know he doesn't really speak English. What, how difficult is that for you to get your point across with somebody? You're not, I, I would assume you're not proficient in Russian either, so. God, no. How, <laughs> I, I can barely speak English, and I yeah. prove it every day. Uh, but uh, how, how does how does that communication thing work? You know, it's fine with Krill. If, if you speak slowly and you speak simple, he understands everything, and he speaks fine. Um, so obviously, we'll set him up with English lessons once we get back to you know once we settle down this season and, and figure out where he's going to be, and and then it's just going to come naturally like any other guy because it's not like he's starting from scratch. He does have a good basis and. I think as the time goes on, and I'm sure by Christmas with some help, he's going to be, he'll be fine. By the end of the year, he should be up and running. You know, this is really the old fanboy in me. I mean, do, you know, if he is he a dead soup fan, or do you does Pavel call him, or just say, hey, you're with the best team in the world, or anything like that? Yeah, I know they talk. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what the relationship is there, um, but you know, I mean, anytime you know, this is Pavel Datsuk, right? Man. Obviously, Krill thinks highly of him. I'm sure he thinks, you know, I've talked to him a little bit about him, but not that in depth, but, um, you know, Krill played in Belarus, it's not like he's playing there. You know, he's from there, but it's not like he's playing in that one now. Last year's in Belarus. Uh, I'm a couple more here, uh, a forward core, then we'll go to defense. Uh, Tara Hirose, who came in like gangbusters, went with the Red Wings, I think, 
I don't know, was it ninth straight assist or something? It was a revenue rookie record. Spent most of the year in Grand Rapids. Signed a one-year deal with Detroit. And I hate to say this because he's such a wonderful person, but make or break season for him within the organization, or does he? I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you, you know, he, we like him as a player. You know, I think oh, like he's just a very skilled player. Uh, sees the ice very well. Very smart. You know, I think he's, he, he knows he had to get faster. He looks faster. His numbers, his testing numbers are better this year. He looks like he's quicker out there. And like I said, these, you know, we, we aren't going to see where these guys are at. You can't tell much in this training camp. Right, in the right. Way game. It's just everything else. Even, even as exhibition starts from game one to game, you know, to, to, to game eight, there, the, the, the intensity wraps up, the quality wraps up. Uh, so we'll, we'll get answers to all this stuff as we get going. Robert Master Simone, I remember the Revenues drafted him. Chris Draper said what you loved about his interview was you started talking to him and then it was just a hockey discussion after a while. It was just like a bunch of hockey players talking to each other. Uh, Master Simone, gritty, you know, has a, not maybe the world's biggest guy. I know he's playing in college right now. Uh, how's his progression going? It's good. You know, I think it's a big year for him and BU. We've also got Ethan Phillips there as well. Right. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy that, that, that is going to be leaned on this year. They're both going to be leaned on there for minutes. And we're hoping that he takes a step forward this year. I think it's time for him to, to take a leading role in that team and in that league. Um, and so we're excited to, to see where he's at this year and once they get going. Uh, Theodore Niederbach? Yeah, Theo, you know, has played well. He's playing in for London now for the men's team. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a guy you're probably going to see at the World Juniors play for Sweden in, in a leading role. You know, Theo is a very smart player, uh, good hands, he's good in the power play, skilled player, and just like anyone else, he just physically needs to get stronger and, and probably get a little bit quicker. And we're, we, you know, we put some time in with that this summer, a lot of time actually, and hoping to see some of those results this year. A guy who could be maybe hopefully a diamond in the rough, uh, Elder Soderblom? Yeah, Elmer, Elmer's you know, on the same team, um, playing with um, you know Theo there and Edmondson over there in Finland as well. And, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a coming out party, I'm sure, for all our fans. The World Juniors last year. Right, he those two goals that he scored between yeah. his legs. Yeah, he just played well. He's a big body that's strong, and you know, he's a guy that's coming. And usually, the big guys take a little bit longer, but we'll see where he's at at the end of the, at the, end of the year, and, and hopefully, bring him over soon. Uh, you know, a player that intrigues me again. He's one of our bloggers, but has put up with everything has been Jack Adams. Now I know and I joke with him that he's going to be 40 before he makes the NHL with everything that happens, but here's a guy who did not have a job, you know, had a fifth year of eligibility uh, between, uh, you know, Providence and Union College, and lo and behold, Jeff Jackson of Notre Dame calls him up and he's playing for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I told him I was stunned, you know, I've known Jeff Jackson an awfully long time and I know he's an excellent coach. Um, is Jack one of these players that, because it's such a checkered career that he's had, uh, and I know that he is, this is his last year of eligibility, the way the COVID and all that kind of thing worked out with the NCAA, um, I know every development camp that he's been at, he's played very, very well, and he actually got hurt, major knee surgery at development camp. Is Jack one of these players that you keep an eye on? Well, so we keep an eye on all of our guys. Right. I think for Jack, you know, I got a, I got a, I got a soft spot for Jack. He's, he's, I feel bad for him with the injury, and it's just he's been through some tough times. And you know, I think for him, he's, he's, he really is a hard worker. He, he's put the work in, and I'm just hoping that it goes well for him in North Dakota this year. Or, uh, sorry, Notre Dame this year. 
and uh, you know it's nice they're, they're close we're gonna spend a lot of time we'll see him lots and you know like you said he's at a good organization with a good coach that hopefully gets the most of him well, strong character and perseverance. I mean, you know, you, you know, he gets COVID, he has to transfer to schools. His brother, who won the national championship in province, died suddenly at 27, 28. Then, as you said, all the knee surgeries. Uh, how important is it to see how a player reacts to that kind of adversity? Well, we, yeah, it, it is. It's important, you know. And we know how he's reacted. You know, we don't need, we don't need to wait, wait for the games right. um, to, to to see that because he's done everything we've asked of him. He's put the work in. You know, he's, he's doing a lot of this on his own, especially given COVID. He's in a difficult circumstance. He's still found ways to work. So uh, we do know what he is personality-wise. Uh, I'm just hoping that it translates to the ice when he gets it, you know, plays well this year. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Lucas Raymond, uh, you know, of course, because I'm prone to exaggeration, I already have him on at least a top nine forward on the Red Wings right now, and maybe even top six. But uh, he just looks like one of those intangible players that, is two to three steps ahead of everybody else. Well, he's very—he's he's got great sense. He's a very smart player. You know, he worked hard in his shot this year, which you can tell he scored—you know—a couple great goals off just goal score goals. His release has really improved. He's always had very good vision and, and, and can, you know good hands and tight space and can make plays. You know, he's just a guy that with a great attitude as well. You know, he wants to get great. He's open to criticism. Um, there's just a lot of ability there. Know, there's a lot of upside there, so I think with Lucas, it's just going to be you know skating in that when he's because he's still a young player. It's a difficult league, um, you know, for guys that are stepping into it is is, is the pace of the game. You right. know? So we'll see. He's going to get a long look, and, and you know he's going to get exhibition games, and we'll see where he's at in those games. Is it important, perhaps, for him to you know get down the time and the space and the smaller ice surface that? Maybe at least a couple of months in the AHL might really do him be more beneficial to him. Do you kind of look at it that way, or if he's ready, he's ready. If he's ready, he's ready. Usually, that's the, the players. The players will decide that themselves. So just play so damn good that you're like, how can you not play this player? You know. Um, but I think it's been very clear. Steve's message is clear that no one will be rushed. You know, the, the NHL is not a development league. You know, right? We will be patient and probably over patient at times, which we've kind of proven that, to just make sure when the, these young guys do get up there that they're ready to go and not just step in and fill minutes, but play meaningful minutes and meaningful roles. Let's move to the defensive core here as we're running out of time. Uh, Seth Barton, kid I've always liked is that when I first met him, he said, Look, I know I'm a project, but I'm going to keep, keep with it. And I'm, you know, I'm planning on making the team. I mean, his attitude is there, is his game. Well, Seth has you know, done everything we've asked for him. He's, you know, he's fighting. He left school to turn pro. Uh, he's a little banged up right now, so he's out for a bit, a little bit of a back injury. But you know, he'll be back. Um, and, and when he does come back, you know, he's, we do view him as a for sure as a prospect and a player that we're going to continue to work really closely with. He's got good size and he can skate. Uh, he can break the puck under pressure. Um, there's some things that he does that uh, you, know, you need to be able to do to play in the NHL. So. Uh, we like Seth, and we're happy that he's turned pro, and we'll monitor him and work with him very closely in Grand Rapids. Alex Cotton was a guy, I think the Red Wings drafted in 19, because he just passed over his draft age at 18, and then he blossomed into this offensive weapon uh, on the blue line. I've been pretty impressed with his vision and offensive skill. Where is Alex right now? Well, I think you said it right, you know, he, he, that's what he does, right? He's offensively gifted, he can run a power play, he moves the puck well, he sees the ice well. 
Um, I think physically he's got to improve, you know, strength has to improve. It's hard to defend in National Hockey League and, and pro hockey in general. Uh, you're playing against men, you know, and I think in a rookie tournament you saw that a little bit, but uh, they, they, there's definitely a, definitely ability there, and, and he has looked well agree with you. Uh, Albert Johansson. He looks like, uh, you know, from, from what Ken Cal has told him, like Nick Lindstrom is his biggest fan, which is, it's good to have a big fan like that, but uh, 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 Albert uh, playing in the SHL, is, uh, is he progressing nicely? Yeah, he plays in Forest Stand over there, and um, you know, he plays a good meaningful role. Uh, I think this year will be even more so, you know, I think he's going to get some power play and uh, play in the top four, you know, play a top two pair there, top four D. Um, he's, he's a very good skater, sees the puck well, you know, sees the ice well, can move it. He's worked on the shot as well, and he's continuing to need to, to, to work on it, but it's become better. Um, and just physically, you know, he's, I think he's about 6'1", so he's got pretty decent size, and physically just needs to keep continuing to get stronger. Gus Lindstrom, who does not look out of place, I mean, he's the, the type of player that you don't realize that, he, uh, that he's out there, which is probably a good thing. He doesn't yeah. seem to make many mistakes, he just is steady. Well, that's his game, he's steady. You know, he makes, he gets the puck, he passes and he defends, and uh, he's got good compete and, and brings some physicality as well. So uh, we're hoping he's a guy, he's had a good summer, and he's put the work in, and we're hoping that he's a guy that, that really steps up this preseason and, and goes into his spot with Blue Line. Uh, Jared McIsaac, another guy that's been plagued by injuries, unfortunately. Uh, an incident where you know he crashed his head on the on the glass and then his head hit the ice and he had a concussion. But he was he didn't even spend a night in the hospital, which is really a good sign. I mean, here's a kid that seemed to have all the tools. I know when the Red Wings drafted him, I think they was 36th overall in the second round. You know, he was slated to be a first round pick. So where's Jared at right now, or is he another guy that you got to calm down because of, of the injury? Uh, well, we're going to be obviously patient with him. The doctors are monitoring him closely and handling him, but I think he's comparatively, I think he's in a, in a pretty good spot compared to how, what it could have been or what it looked like when it initially happened, right? Um, he even skated yesterday for, for, I think, 20 minutes or so, and he's not skating today, but he'll slowly kind of progress back, and, and I know he's feeling well, which is great for all of us because you never want to see that, you know, someone go down with a head injury is serious and um, hopefully he seems to be on the, on the right side of this. Yeah, hopefully. That's a guy you root for just because of the bad luck he seems to have. Real surprise last year. Uh, he was so good that uh, I think uh, Ben Simon was happy that the Kitchener Rangers uh, didn't play. Uh, Donovan Sobrango uh, signed him a three-year entry-level deal. Uh, you know, real gritty guy. Had a, had a fight in the Prospects tournament. Uh, Donovan seems to be progressing nicely. Yeah, I like Donovan. I think he played well up here. He's a guy that's he's a little bit of a throwback. He's just intense, uh, brings a lot of energy. You know, he, he plays simple hockey, and which is, a, I don't mean that to be, that's a that's a, a good thing. You know, he gets a puck, he passes it well. Um, he can, you know, he, he got a, an opportunity on a little bit of power play up here, but he's a good PKer, and he's just hard to play against. You know, he plays hard minutes and he blocks shots, and. You know, he's good in that front on the walls, and um, you know I think he's. We're happy that the, they changed that rule, which will allow him to play in the AHL this year. And mm -hmm. He sure looks like uh, he's ready for that. When you look at uh, Ante Tumisto, uh, here's another guy in Denver that seems to, uh, you know, came over here. Uh, you know, weird, weird college season last year, I think by all by all means, but. Uh, 
you know, here is a guy that uh, you know Red Wings uh, have pretty high hopes from, from what I've been, uh, from what I've been told. Yeah, actually, we you know we got a recent our pick from last year, Shea, uh, Shea Bouillon is, is there as well in Denver this right, year. Right. So we've got two really good defensive prospects in uh, in, in Denver. Um, obviously, with um, Ante, you know he's a little bit older. He's you know he's, he's, he's going into his junior year, and yeah, of course we like his upside. He's a big kid, and you know he's put the you really have to put some work in the gym. I know he's putting on added strength, um, and so. We're excited for him this year. I think you should see a player that's ready to take that next step and play, um, you know, bigger minutes there. And then with Shea, you know, he's going in as, as, as a rookie to a deep team, um, but he looked good in uh, in in, the, in in Plymouth there in the summer during the World Junior oh, Showcase. Yeah, right, I saw him. Yep. He's a good skater. He's good offensive ability. I think he's like any other young D. That there's some details in his defensive game that needs work, but that's normal, and we'll work out with time. But there's lots of tools there to, to work with. Uh, Emil Vero. Yeah, he's great. You know, he's, he's over in Finland, uh, playing well. You know, he's a guy that you'll see come over next year. Um, just a steady presence. You know, good good defender. You know, plays all situations, but uh, really when the PK does things right, good first pass. Good, 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 good defensive prospect. Yeah, and uh, William Wallander, who was also at the summer showcase. I can remember walking in after the first game the team Sweden played, and you know, Red Wing fans were in near panic. Uh, what the, how would the Red Wings see this guy? Oh, he was horrible. And then the next game, he looked like a completely different player. I mean, you know, maybe just needed to set, settle down. Uh, real high draft pick for the Red Wings uh, in, in, in the second uh, uh, second round, 32nd overall. So he's like the first pick of the second round. Uh, is Wallander's game starting to take form? Yeah, they're just starting. So we'll see as the year goes on. But uh, yeah, I think like William was. He, the consistency is definitely something he needs to work on. I think the physical side of it too, the, the effort and the work that needs to be put in off the ice, because um, he's a guy that just came, everything came easy to him kind of growing up. And, and so he's at that stage now, and it takes a little bit longer for those guys to, to, to get their stride because you know they're, they, they're, they're starting from a really underdeveloped physical kind of presence. And it's not just one year and all of a sudden you're there, it takes time. So uh, he's off to a good start so far, but like I said, the year's early. and, and Obviously, Nick Cronwell works closely with him. Uh, finally, on the defense, and it looks like the Revenue's defensive core, young core, looks pretty solid. That there are going to be several several of these players that are going to be wearing the red and white, at least for a time. Uh, but the guy that everybody is expecting not only to be uh, make the team, but be a top four defenseman and eventually be a top two defenseman, if not a number one, is Mo Sider. Should we just amp it down a little bit on this kid, or is uh, the world his oyster, as they say, uh, Sean? Well, I mean, you know, I think for any young player coming, he's, he's done everything he needs to up until this point. You know, um, he's been, like I said, he was great in the NHL. He was really good in the SHL last year, uh, but the National Hockey League's a different story. So, you know, we're going to be patient, but, you know, we, of course, have high hopes for Mo as well. He's a guy that can kind of play all situations kind of view him as a, as a big minute guy and kind of you know help your team out in any situation or any kind of game that's being played he's physical um, that's starting to become a staple of his game he moves the puck while skating is starting to improve and and, and you know in, in, in his groceries it's starting it is improving and you know he's just a guy that just looks good overall right now so yeah of course we're excited to see where he's at this year would you be disappointed if he doesn't make the team coming out of camp 
Um, I know he would be disappointed. Um, would I be disappointed? I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd probably be a little bit shocked, I think, given what he's done the last two years. If he's you know, put the work in the summer, you should see a guy that's ready to play in the NHL. Well, we're going to wrap it up here, but I wanted to ask you about goaltending. And I knew every time I've asked you about a goaltender, you're more than honest saying, well, you know, I mean, I, I sort of helped them out or not, but, but how do you deal with your goaltending prospects, especially now that you have a Sebastian Kosa in the system? Bratstrom looks very, very good. Uh, Jan Bednar, uh, I mean, there seems to be a position, you know, even Alex Nadalkovich, who's only 25, how, what's your approach to, to goaltending? Well, Phil Osiris, our head of, right. of, of you know, development and scouting, so obviously we work very closely with Phil. I think on the technical side, that's Phil's job. Uh, on the goaltending side, you know, both Dan, myself, and Croner are there for those guys anyway, you know, mentally help them off the ice or anything that we can do. I think it's important for goalies to have one voice, um, or at least the same kind of message, because, you know, it can get difficult just thinking too much. So there's no there's no hiding as the goalies, so to speak. But um, obviously training for Ndelkovic and, and, and drafting Kosa, uh, already having Bednar and Brassum over here, you know, our, 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 we're start, the pool is starting to become deeper and it's important because obviously goaltending is a massively important area of any organization. Um, so, you know, in terms of uh, Kosa, you know, we'll work closely with him this year. It's going to be a big year for him and juniors. Uh, Bradstrom's going to be in the AHL and obviously Bender will be over in Acadia. Um, so we're excited to be working with all these guys. Right, and finally, I have to ask you about one more player, the number one pick overall, six pick uh, for the Red Wings, Simon Edmondson. Uh, you know, reading stories about him, he comes from a long line of detectives. His family are, are detectives. So the media, you better watch out because this guy's going to be able to read through you. But, uh, <laughs> but, but with that said, he has seemed to get off to a pretty nice start yeah, in the SHL. Yeah, playing, uh, playing, you know, I think he played last time, I think it was 21 or 22 minutes, uh, which is a lot for, you know, a, a newly drafted defenseman in the SHL, especially for a team like for London that's always at the top. You know, they're challenging for the... Uh, for their, their, their championship every year. So that's a good sign for us. Um, and obviously, Croner will be, you know, we have a lot of players in Philanda with, you know, it was with Elmer and uh, Niederbach. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of players and a lot of guys. <laughs> right. We joked with Croner, he's going to have to buy an apartment there. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, Good things about his game that, that stand out. Obviously, his skating, he's got good size. Uh, obviously, he's just, you know, he seems comfortable with the pocket. He has the ability to make a play. I think just physically, like anything else, we got you know, it's gonna have to spend some time in the gym and, and get physically stronger. But there's lots to like about his game right now. It's great. It's a good sign for us. He's playing so much there. Sean Harkoff, the, the director of player development, the assistant director of uh, player personnel. You always make time for me. As a matter of fact, I, it's truly. You kind of said, why haven't you been bugging me here? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I wanted to lay off because I can be a little overbearing at times, but I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, good luck. Uh, I, I mean, you have been such a wonderful addition to this team. The way de player development has come along under your uh, leadership has been great. And I know as a lifelong Red Wing fan, and I, I'm speaking on behalf of the whole fan base, thank you. You really, really know what you're doing, and uh, that's to the benefit of all of us. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thank you.